0: If you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3 and I'm just going to read two verses verses 16 and 17 <coughs> Colossians 3:16 <3, 16. coughs> Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now if you'll turn to the book of Ephesians... Ephesians chapter 5 and we'll begin reading at verse 13 down to the end of verse 21. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 13. But all things that are Exposed are made manifest by the light, and whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. (coughs) See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, (coughs) excuse me, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are. Are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine wherein is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always. For all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ submitting to one another in the fear of God. Let us look to the Lord in prayer for guidance this morning as we look into his word. Father we are people who, as Paul said, we are not sufficient in and of ourselves, but our sufficiencies of God. Help us to draw upon that sufficiency this morning as we look into your word, that our hearts and minds might be focused toward you, toward the truth, toward what you would have us know, (coughs) that we might be challenged and exhorted and strengthened as we look into your word. Holy Spirit, you be the guide. Guide my thoughts and my words. Guide the reception of your word in the hearts of your people. And may we go from here, strengthened with all might in the inner man, to the glory of your name we pray. Amen. Let me just give you a quick uh, rundown again of where we've been in Colossians uh, so you know where we are and where we may be going. (laughs) And uh, uh, we found uh, that there are 15 commands in this third chapter and obedience to the commands of God are done through a relationship with him. It's what I call relational obedience. Jesus says, if you keep on loving me, you will keep my commandments. Then we looked at the first verse and we found what I call find fellowship with Christ. Find fellowship with Christ. And apostle reminds us that because we have been raised with Christ, we should be continually seeking him, seeking him where he is seated in his majesty and authority at the right hand of God. And then we looked at verses two through four, uh, which I entitled fix your focus properly. And uh, he said, have a mindset on things above and not on things on the earth. Why? Because you died with Christ. You died together with him. And if you have died together with him, then the focus of your life should be heavenward and not on this earth, living for this world and the things of this world. And uh, let me underscore again, I'm not saying that you're not supposed to have a job and go to work. and (laughs) All those things are important. But... Uh, those shouldn't be the focus of our life. Our focus should be on the heavenly things. And then in verses uh, 5 through 7, we saw the third command, to flee former sins. And we'll be coming back to that one in a little bit as as we uh, go on in our message this morning. The sins that held us when captive, when we were without Christ, we should be leaving those far behind. And then he gives us a list of things in verse 8 that we should forsake. Attitudes and and actions in, in our life that we should be leaving behind because of who we are as as believers. And then we looked at verses 9 through 11, uh, where I, I, which I entitled flee. Free yourself from a foul tongue. And uh, one, one of the greatest problems I've found in the church. Is the bad use of tongues. And people begin gossip and problems. And they arise. And he says. Don't let that happen. Let your tongue be controlled by your relationship with God. Because you have died to those kind of things and you are alive now in Jesus Christ (coughs) and then we looked at verses 12 through 15 and it's what I uh, called formal flock of yours Uh, God has provided a robe of righteousness for us And we are to wear that robe of righteousness as believers and walk in that righteousness which Christ has provided for us. And then in verse 15, the latter part, and we looked at this last week, uh, the full provision fires up gratitude. When we stop and look at everything that God has given us, it should just make our hearts bubble over with praise. And we should be thankful for everything that he's given to us. Even the bad things. Like sickness. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that's important. And we began in verses 16 and 17 with what I called fill up with fruitfulness. Fill up with fruitfulness. And uh, by fruitfulness there, I, I mean the fruit of the Spirit of Christ being evident and worked out in our lives, we we need to we need to be people who are being transformed by the work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, this morning, uh, we talked a little bit there uh, last week, and this morning I I want to do something that. I don't normally do. So this is going to be different this morning. Uh, uh, But uh, I want to uh, look at. You remember those of you who were here last week. I said that the book of Colossians. Is like the Reader's Digest condensed books. It's a condensed version of the book of Ephesians. And I talked about the fact that. Paul says that in in Colossians we have to be word-filled people. In Ephesians he says we have to be spirit-controlled people, and uh, uh, those two things are are vital to each other. I was thinking this morning, and this song wouldn't be popular now. But there was an old popular song and its words kind of went like this. Love and marriage, love and marriage go together like a horse and carriage. This I tell you, brother, you can't have one without the other. And that's true about the Word and the Spirit. You can't have the Word without the Spirit and the Spirit without the Word. And we find that in in in. Great sections of Christianity today, they want the Spirit without the Word, and they want the Word without the Spirit. And you can't have them. You can't have one without the other. And so, what I'm going to do this morning is take you back to the book of Ephesians and show you how it ties together with the book of Colossians, because it is, uh, they are both the same, except sometimes the language and pictures are different. But they are both saying the same thing. So, I began to look at Ephesians 5, and I said, where do I start? <laughs> uh, uh because it's the whole chapter of Ephesians 5. So after seeking the Lord and His help, uh, I, I decided that I was going to begin at verse 13 because we can time together quite well from there. <clears throat> and uh, as we do that, I hope that this will help us to understand the importance, of the Word and Spirit together in the life of the believer. Uh, uh, you You can't have mindless Christians. You have to have Christians whose brains are working, but their brains working isn't enough. They have to have the input of the Spirit of God to help them as they go through the word of God and try to understand it. He gives us the understanding, the interpretation, and the application. <clears throat> and so we, we we need both. You can't have one without the other. And uh, I think it's vital and important for us to understand that. So what I'm going to do is, like I said, this is going to be a little different than usual. I'm going to ask you to turn to Ephesians chapter Five verse 13 and whatever translation you have I want you to follow it and I am going to give you a literal translation of all these verses and make application as we go and tie them together Lord willing with his help uh, with Colossians and so we'll see how they all fit together the word and the spirit and one Emphasis Paul makes in one place, one emphasis in the other, but remember they were whatever it was, it was all guided by the Spirit. Paul never spoke without the Spirit directing him, so he was giving guidance and directness so if you'll turn to verse thirteen of Ephesians chapter five and uh uh I guess I should turn there too. It, it it starts in verse 13, the word but. The word but is uh, uh, um, a word that is actually an, uh, what they call an adversative. It means to the contrary. And what he's saying is, if you look at verse 12, <clears throat> it says, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. And he says, but to the contrary, you folks, you're different. You're different. And and he's starting a whole new direction there. He says, and he goes on and he says, the all that is being proved wrong is made visible through light because all that makes visible exists in light now he tells us two vital and important things the work of the light of the truth of God by the spirit of God and the word of God is to make us aware of our sins and our sinfulness. It brings the light and it shows it to us. And uh, uh, let us remember that those who are not believers are in darkness, so they can't even see their own sin. Paul says in in, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, But the God of this world hath blinded their minds that they see not. They can't see their sinfulness. They can't even see the contradictions in their thinking and what they're doing. He said, But you're different. You're different. You have the light. You have the light. And because you have the light... You know what your sins are. You understand it. You have the light. But those people don't. And then in verse 14, he goes on and says, Therefore, that is because you have the light, he says, Raise yourself up. That's a command. It's not an option for us as believers. We all have to do this. We have to raise ourselves up. You, the sleeping one, also stand up out of the corpse. (laughs) He says, you're a dead corpse laying, but stand up. You've been raised again. Stand up. Stand up. And that's another command. He said, also... The Christ shall appear to you. And if you tie that together with Colossians 3, verses 5 through 7, where we're told to forsake our former sins, you will see how that all ties back together. He says, all those things that God has enlightened you as your sins you have to flee from those. You have to just stop it. And you you see, Paul's using a little different language here in Ephesians, but he's saying the same thing. You have light, so you know what your sins are. Get out of them. Get rid of them. Stand up. Stand up and go ahead. And then we become very much aware that this happens how? By the Word and the Spirit. By the Word and the Spirit. The Spirit enlightens our minds and hearts through the Word of God. And we know what our sin is and we are to flee from it. We are to go in the opposite direction, and we are to stand up against it. And then, what is the outcome of all that? Notice what he says Also, the Christ shall appear to you. You will understand the things of Jesus Christ in a way you never knew them before. See, the, the more you're willing to deal with sin in your life, the more you will be growing in understanding of Christ through the Word and the Spirit. And isn't that what Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would do when He came? He said, I will send the Spirit to you, and He will teach you all things whatsoever I have said, and He will glorify Me. He will glorify Me. So, If we want to know Christ and the things of Christ, we need the Word and the Spirit. Verse 15. It says, Carefully put before you, and that's another command, something that we're responsible to do. Uh, He tells us, Accordingly, to walk accurately... Not as unwise. To the contrary. In the manner of the wise. Now. Who are the unwise? You're going to say. Oh that's the non-believers. No he's talking to believers here. Did you know there are unwise believers? Oh yeah. Yeah. They may be wise guys, but they're not wise. <laughs> you see? He says he says, uh, because because you have received the light, because you have been taken out of darkness into light, and you know what sin is, he says, carefully put before you according to To walking accurately. Not as the unwise who don't walk according to the word of God. Do you know any professing believers that don't walk according to the word of God? Yeah. He said, don't be like that. Don't be like that. He says, to the contrary. The way you should be doing it is you should be walking in the manner of the wise. In the manner of the wise. In other words, you have to take the Word and the Spirit, which gives you the ability to apply and the skill to work out what is necessary to walk in the wisdom of God. You remember when we were Looking last week at uh, 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 Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. And like I translated, it's actually let the word of Christ inhabit you in all abundance and expertise. We We, as God's people should be experts in the Word of God. How do you become an expert? By studying the Word, and the Spirit working through the Word in your life. You see, it's all tied together. It's all tied together, and it's all a necessary part of our Christian life. Uh, So, for us as believers then, we are called... To walk in wisdom. Now, you say, Well, I, I don't have wisdom. What does James say? He says, If any man asks, lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and God will give it you in abundance, liberally. And where is that wisdom found? It's found in the word and in the person of Jesus Christ. You look at what we looked at many, many months ago uh, in Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. It says, this is part of Paul's prayer there. He says, that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love that's what happens in the body of Christ, you see. When, when we have the comfort of Christ, we are become one. We are knit together. Uh, just like a, a nice shirt knit or a nice, well, I was going to say tie. We don't knit ties anymore. <coughs> but uh, 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 it, it's, uh, we are knit together toward all the riches of the full assurance of what? Understanding. Understanding. God's going to give us understanding. Where did we get the understanding? The Word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit. And the two have to work together. <coughs> and uh, uh, he goes on and says, The understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid what? All the treasures of wisdom wisdom. And knowledge so what what do i need to do as a believer what do i need to do as a believer i need to know him so i can know wisdom and have wisdom and knowledge how can i know him by studying the word and letting the spirit teach me from the word you see so i will i will have that knowledge Verse 16, he says, buy out the opportune time because the days continue existing wicked. That word uh, wicked there could be uh, referred to moral wickedness or spiritual wickedness. And in the world that we live in, both are true The world is morally wicked and spiritually wicked. They are standing against God and in opposition to God. And they do not hold for God. He said, so because you're living in this kind of world, he says, buy out the time. Use your opportunity. Use your opportunity. Uh, And I think uh, we are given our time here on earth by God, so that we can use the opportunity we have in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation to become more like Jesus Christ. He said, Buy that opportunity. Buy that opportunity. Don't let it get away from you. Don't let it get away from you. Buy it. Buy it. And uh, uh, I think that. Uh, We have to understand that we are to uh, uh, do that. And we do it by going back to Colossians chapter 8 and forsaking all those things he told us to forsake. Colossians chapter 3 verse 8. I I think I said Colossians 8, but no. (laughs) Colossians chapter 3 verse 8. If you're looking for Colossians 8, you won't find it. And uh, uh, so if we're going to walk as believers in this worker world we have to take the opportunity to grow in Christ and that opportunity is given to us now not tomorrow it's now for us to walk in the fullness of Christ and how do we do that by the word and the spirit you see, it all ties together. It all ties together. It never separates itself. And then in verse 17, he says, it starts off with, Through this, that is, using the opportunity, opportune time in the light of the times and the light given to us. In other words, because we are living in a time where we have been given light, we better use our time properly. We better use our time properly as believers, and doesn't that go back to uh, our second uh, uh, command that we saw in the book of Colossians? Set your affections on, um, or have a mindset on things above. And if if we're if we're worried about this world, and I think. I, I get caught up in it. I don't know about you, maybe you're better than I am, but uh, uh, I, I get caught up in worrying about what the government's doing, what they're doing with these vaccines, what they're going, where where they're going, and I spend all my time worrying about that when I should be using my time, this opportune time, in the word and by the Spirit to grow more Christ like. And we get so tied up in this world. We get so tied up. And our mindset should be, Well, the bridegroom is coming. I better get my gown on here and get ready for the wedding. Because he is coming. I don't know when. <laughs> I'm not a prophet, so I can't tell you that. But he's coming. He's coming. And he knows when. When. And we better get ready. That's that's why John says in 1 John. He says. He that hath this hope in himself. Continues purifying himself. Even as he is pure. You see. And so. uh, Our job. Our job. Is to. uh, uh, Use this opportune time. And notice what he says. Through this. Do not exist without understanding. Do not exist without understanding. In other words, uh, excuse me for this paraphrase here, but don't be a stupid Christian. Be a smart Christian. How do you become a smart Christian? Through the Word and by the Spirit. You see, If you're not in the Word, you're not going to become a smart Christian. That's all there's to it. That's all there's to it. So, he says, don't don't exist without understanding. And by the way, that's a command. That's not an option in our Christian life. It's a command that we have to obey. He says, what the pleasure, that word pleasure or inclination, belonging to the Lord is. He says, you have to find out from the word and by the spirit what what Christ wants for us and then follow what Christ wants for us does that make sense that's what he's saying here and uh what what is what is the will what is the inclination what is the purpose of god for us in in um Romans 8.29 the Apostle Paul says to those who are the called he has determined that they should be conformed to the image of his son. That's the inclination that we should become more Christ like all the time. And in In uh, Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 3 and 4 he says this is the will of God enjoy yourselves in this world and have a good time (laughs) no (laughs) he says this is the will of God even your sanctification by the way that word sanctification probably could be better translated your holiness your holiness God's interested in you becoming a holy person. He wants you to become a holy person. That you should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel or his body in holiness. And honor or respect. You should respect your body. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. uh, I think it's verse 19 or 20. He says. For your body is the temple. Of the Holy Spirit. And God dwells within you. We, We should have respect. For our bodies. And treat them as vessels. That belong to God. So that we can use them. For his glory. And how do we. Do that? How do we learn that? Through the Word and through the Spirit. You see, as He teaches us. Verse 18. It says, also, do not be made drunk. That's a command, by the way. Uh, You could also rephrase it. Stop being made drunk. Stop being made drunk. With wine. In the sphere of which exists excess. To the contrary. Always fill yourself full. And that's a command. In the sphere of the spirit. See how this all begins to tie together again. We, we, have, we have to uh, not be controlled by outward forces. I asked myself the question when I read that, why doesn't Paul say, don't make yourself drunk? Did you ever think about that? You cannot make yourself drunk. Without something to intoxicate you. And the drunkenness comes from the thing that intoxicates you. Not from yourself. And so Paul says. Don't let wine make you drunk. Don't let mine wine control your mind and who you are. Rather. Rather. Be being fully controlled by the holy spirit you see and how do i do that by studying the word by studying the word how do you know when a person is drunk i think there's three things that are evident when a person is drunk. The way he talks, you know, the policeman pulls him over and he says, you look like you've been drinking. Ossifer, I am not drinking, you know. Uh, He he has a hard time talking, you see. He has a hard time communicating. The way he talks and then the way he walks. The officer says, okay, get out of your car and follow that straight line. He says, the line's moving, I can't follow it, you know. And so he can't walk a straight line by the way we talk, by the way we walk, and by the way we act. Have you ever noticed certain people act certain ways when they get drunk? Some people get, you know, you can't stop them from talking. Some people get angry and, and miserable, Some depressed but you you know that the problem is what they've been drinking. And you know, that's true of us as believers. We as believers, we as believers, you can tell where we are in our spiritual life by the way we talk, by the way we walk, and by the way we act. You see? that That is something that... Uh, uh, we have to understand. Uh, so it affects who we are and our relationships in the corporate body. You see, if if my talk and my walk and my actions aren't controlled by the word and the spirit, then what happens? I'm going to be a troublemaker in the church. You see? And so what we all need to do, what we all need to do is study the Word, walk in the Spirit, and then we will have the right kind of talk and the right kind of walk and the right kind of actions. And let me just say something. Remember that sanctification is progressive. It doesn't all come at once. You know, most of us, no, I wouldn't say most. At least I know, I would. I'd like to get zapped from heaven and be perfectly holy and never do the wrong thing, say the wrong thing. But that's not the way God does it. How does he do it? He works through the Word and the Spirit to transform our life. It's a process that God is working on in my life and your life. And I've lived a couple of weeks longer than most of you people. And uh, I find that God's still working on that process in me, you know. And uh, it's it's an ongoing work. And uh, I think that uh, we we have to recognize that, this is all part of the togetherness of the body of Christ and a necessity to the togetherness of the body of Christ. And then notice, notice, uh, he deals with the same thing here. Uh, um, in, 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 uh, verse 19 as the, uh, uh, Apostle Paul dealt with with the Colossians in in verse 17. He says, uh, of Colossians 3. He says, communicating to each other in psalms, hymns. By the way, let me remind you, hymns, that word has the idea of music or praise to God for who he is. Also, spiritual praise of honor. That's spiritual songs. And so, every time we meet together as God's people, and Pastor Tony says, stand up with me, because I'm tired standing by myself, uh, stand up with me and let's sing. You have to recognize that your singing when you stand up is part of the ministry to the body of Christ we minister to one another we exhort one another we encourage one another as we sing the hymns of God and we praise together and where does this come from if you look at Colossians it comes from the word if you look at Ephesians it comes from the spirit so people who are Word filled and spirit filled are people who will be ministering to one another in the body of christ and this is this is something that is wonderful and uh, <clears throat> then he ends up uh, in this he says uh, uh making music in the sphere of your heart or the hearts of yours to the Lord. If you look back in Colossians, you will see that he just uses a little different tone in Colossians in verse 17. Colossians 3 17. He says, whatever you do in word or deed, do, do oh, excuse me, it's verse 16. He says, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. I wanted to underscore that. Where does grace come from to our hearts? It is the gift that God gives to us. It is a free gift that God gives to us, and he gives it to us through how? The Holy Spirit and the Word. You see? And so, God's grace must be working in our hearts. And uh, again, you can see how these two books are tied so closely together. That's why I call the, the uh, book of Colossians a condensed form of the book of Ephesians. And when you look at them, you, you see that as you study them together. And... Uh, uh, if you are living the spirit-filled life or controlled life and the word-filled life, then you will be effective in your ministry to one another in the body of Christ, and that's vital and important. and And we should we should be ministering to one another all the time, in in our worship times together, worship is a ministry to one another. And uh, uh, the other thing here that I think it's important for us to understand, we are, our hymnology is to be focused on God. Did you notice that? We sing where? To the Lord. We sing to the Lord. Have you ever noticed that a lot of the modern hymnology is focused on me? And what I get and what I have. And who I am and all that. We should, we should be focusing on the Lord. And doesn't that take us all the way back to Colossians 3.1? You see, he says, because you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking Christ where he is at the right hand of God. And I think that we have to thank God for some of this great hymnology that was written years ago and some even in the past uh, 50 years that focus on giving praise to God. For all he has done. And all he has uh, provided for us. And uh, then the other thing. That we see in this verse is that. True edifying worship. True edifying worship. Comes from the heart. Comes from the heart. And that's both in Colossians and in Ephesians singing and praising God how with your heart you see the issue is am I am I praising God because that's what I'm supposed to do Or am I praising God because I have a heart filled with the Word and the Spirit? And God is interested in the latter. He wants a heart that's controlled by the grace He puts there through the Spirit and the Word so that we can praise Him properly. And... uh, Let me just translate Colossians 3.17 for you. Colossians 3.17, it says, Also, whatever you do, A.T. Robertson, the Greek scholar, he uh, translates it like this, Everything, whatever you do. (laughs) I like that. Everything, whatever you do. Everything, whatever you do. Uh, In the sphere of intelligent discourse, um, I don't know if you're... How many of you have, have ever heard the word Logos? Yeah, everybody. Do you know what the word Logos means? Intelligent discourse. Where Where did... Why was Christ given the name, the Word? Because he was the intelligent discourse of God communicating God's truth to us. You see? And so his discourse was intelligent because it came from God directly to us. And so that's why I translate it here intelligent discourse or performance all in the sphere of the Master Savior's character. The word name means means character or reputation. And everything we do, we should do under the control of the word and under the control of the spirit. But everything we should do should proceed from the character of Jesus Christ and who he is. And we get to know that through the word and the spirit, you see. And so... He says, being grateful to God. Being grateful to God through him, that is Christ. Again, notice the direction. is always gratitude towards God. Always gratitude towards God. Why? Because he is the initiator and provider of all things. And so we have uh, uh, all of this. If you look at Ephesians 5.20, you will see the same thing. It says in both of these, the emphasis, emphasis is gratitude. How is your heart? How is your attitude of gratitude? That comes from the word of God. That comes from the spirit of God. That comes from always looking to God for direction. Jesus said in John 15, 17, "...If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit." That takes us right back, doesn't it, to where the title that I have given to this section of fruitfulness, God's interest in fruitfulness... Who produces the fruitfulness? The fruit of the spirit is the work I do to accomplish. Right? No, it's the fruit of the spirit, not mine. He produces it. How does he produce it? Through the word, through the word, through the word. So I have to be in the word, and and so um, we need to we need to be people who are students of the word. I think most of you here today can probably quote 2 Timothy 2.15. It says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be sh- ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of truth. Let me give you a literal translation. That word studying is... Uh, uh, in, in my perspective, not a good word, because the Greek word there is be diligent. Be diligent. It's a command. Be diligent, having presented yourself approved as acceptable to the God, a laborer unreproachable, handling skillfully or correctly the word belonging, to the truth, and one of the things that God is looking for in each one of us is diligence in His Word, studying His Word, and uh, I, I, I was I was reminded about you know the time people spend in devotions. The oh, this was back in May. I got a, a flyer from Christian Book Distributors, and they were promoting two books: uh, a two-minute de- devotion for men and a two-minute devotion for women. Well, in December, they were promoting new books: a one-minute devotion for men and a one-minute devotion for and. Uh, I asked myself the question, what's the next book? (laughs) How to Live Without Devotions? (laughs) You know, and and the scripture says we should be studying diligently the Word of God. We should be spending all kinds of time in the Word of God. So I asked myself the the question, what can I take out of my schedule that I can fill with the Word of God? What can I take out of my schedule that I can fill with the Word of God? That's pretty hard in a busy life, isn't it? Hmm, okay. Christ promised this to us. He says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Nobody else. Those who hunger and thirst. Where do we get the hunger and thirst? From the Word and the Spirit. So, my question to myself is, David, David, How hungry are you? How hungry are you for righteousness? That's my challenge to you today. The Word and the Spirit are yours. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your Word and its richness and fullness. And I just pray that you will help us to hunger and thirst after righteousness so we shall be filled and it may be evident in the fellowship and worship of the body of Christ here thank you Father for what you are doing and what you will do in us and for us as you set us apart for your glory and conform us to the image of Christ we praise you in Jesus name Amen.